Live from the heartland and the crossroads of America, it's Tony Katz today. I am blown away by this quiet quitting conversation. I'm not the first person to be talking about it. There's no way I am. I've I've seen it in a bunch of places, and I'm like, what in the world is anybody even talking about? Quiet quitting. So the idea is that quiet quitting is when an employee is like, you know what? I'm just not putting my heart in this. I'm just going to do the very, very base minimum of the job, and that's it. The bare minimum. Right? He, I'm, 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 eight, uh, I'm nine to five. I, I start at nine. I end at five. I do the absolute minimum of what I have to do, and then I get the hell out of there. This does not sound to me like a life I would want to be a part of. I don't know if I said hello. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today. What's going on? 833-GOT-TONY. 833-468-8669. Have you done this? Are you doing this? How does this work? 833-468-8669. 833-GOT-TONY. So the claim is, is that these are people who are looking for a little more work-life balance. So they're just not willing to put in the, the, the time at work, do the tasks you're assigned, go in, do your job, get out. This is how people are trying to paint it. The bare minimum actually means, as, as this is written by a CEO of a PR firm, the bare minimum actually means working the hours you're meant to, doing the tasks you're assigned, which is otherwise known as going to and doing your job. I don't know if it is. I don't know if it is. I, I, I don't argue that there aren't lots and 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 lots of people. Clock in, clock out. They've always done the absolute minimum. This seems to have a different kind of feel to it. Just maybe because it's it's the social media world and, and everyone wants to, you know, like they're doing something brave. It's not brave to go to work, do your job, and come home. As I've been able to uh, look at this more, uh, I, I would assume that this is something that the... I wonder if I'd say the vast majority, but let's say a fair amount. A fair amount of people already do. They go to work, they do their job, uh, they head home. They're not looking, uh, they're, they're always looking for more money, but they're not necessarily looking for career advancement. That isn't what it's about. This isn't necessarily a, a gig they wanted to be doing anyway. They do the job, they, they get out as quickly as possible. I don't think that that um, off base there. I think a lot of people do that. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. I am saying that I have never been that guy. I would have something wrong with that. I mean, um, I I, uh, don't just do six hours a day. I am 10 to 12 hours a day in this thing. 
the shows themselves, the videos I do, the studying, the, 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 the meetings, the phone calls. Yeah, that's where I'm at. But I also created this life for myself. I mean, who the hell does two shows a day? Who would want this insanity? Who does six hours? You don't know anybody who does six hours of radio a day. There's like seven of us in the country. Now, some people do it every now and again. They're filling in or whatever. On the daily? It's a lot. It's a lot. So, all right, I don't fit into this at all. But I didn't fit into this when I was doing other gigs. Just not how I work. And I don't argue that people can't work this way, but I think there's a difference between going in, doing your job, and leaving. And going in and not caring about the job and not caring if the thing gets done and leaving. And then uh, just trying to work ways to ensure you get paid while you're doing something else. So one of the things that the COVID world created was people who were working a full-time job with Company X. And then... Because they were working from home, they were also working a full-time job with Company Y. You don't think that happened? I'm starting to hear stories. People are starting to tell tale. Now, some people call that double-dipping. I would agree. If you had a second job that took place after your first job, in the hours you weren't working your first job, I have no issue with that whatsoever, even if it's full-time. Why would that bother me? This is different, different, than while I'm on the clock with job A, I was also on the clock with job B. That is nonsense, because there's no way you could be dedicating yourself to job A. Now, let's say that you're a freelancer. Well, if you're a freelancer and you were just doing projects that you were assigned, it didn't matter how many projects you were assigned. You're working for yourself. You have multiple clients. You you engage uh, the projects. You get them done. You move on to the next project. I'm not telling you how, to have to, how you have to do those. One of the reasons I like the gig economy so much, and I even uh, counsel my own kids into the idea of learning skills that you can utilize from home is that I'm not here to tell you that you're not going to be most productive between 1 and 4 a.m. in your underwear. I, uh, who, who am I to know this? But if you can you do, whether it's it's video editing or whether it's content creation or whether it's it's some other skill set, on your time, as you see fit, well, feel free. I think that's totally rational. But if you're paid to provide eight hours worth of service, if, 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 if you're paid to provide that level of service uh, and, or work that service and you're not doing it, that's, that's a problem. Now, Charles is disagreeing with me that I, that I, 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 I work hard. I don't doubt you work very hard at prep, but so much is taped and repeated from the morning show to the afternoon. Subtract that replay. Oh, no, 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 no. I, uh, there are interviews that do get repeated in the midday show. It's because people don't uh, listen linearly. 
And so uh, we share things at different times to capture full audience. If, like, for example, today I, I spoke with uh, James Seniak, who is libertarian running for U.S. Senate. I did do that interview this morning, and I am sharing it. It's because it was worthy of sharing. If, if the argument is I'm not working as hard because of that, well, uh, I, want, I want you to, to enjoy that, that thought process and that, that idea. If it only turns out I did five hours and 45 minutes of uh, broadcast radio that day, it doesn't take away from the 12-hour day. And I'm saying that as, as my day. Think about the people who work two jobs. They're working. And I'll, I'll say this about myself. Hold on a second, Charles. You'll never get me to deny reality. You know what I don't do? Lift heavy objects. I used to. You know I used to be a plumber, right? I used to work as, as a plumber in Jersey. And, and uh, let me tell you, I am not uh, what we call in the business a small man. Uh, I mean, I'm smaller now than I was a couple years ago. I, 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 not a small man. Me, in winter, in the full, it's not a jumpsuit. Do you know what I'm talking about? You step into it, and then, and then you pull it up, and then you zip it up, and you put your, your arms in the sleeves, right? To stay warm. In crawl spaces in Jersey in winter that were wet, sweating copper. I will state for the record that on the body, what I do now, much easier. Much, much easier. The air conditioning is on. I work from home. I'm not even wearing shoes at this moment. I am wearing pants. Everyone settle down. I am indeed wearing pants. I know that for many of you is very, very Disappointing. Yes, 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 yes. People are working two jobs. People are working in a much more physical environment than I do. Those people are working very, very hard. And if they don't want to take the work home with them, okay. I don't ever deny that there are people out there working harder than I am. What I am questioning are the people who, how did this become a story, this idea of quiet quitting? Because it seems that it's what a lot of people already do. It's called working, and it might not be a job that they like or they're looking for something else, or they do it because they need the money while they're trying to figure other things out, or, or this is just how they choose to live their life. I don't even know why it's quitting. What what I thought this was about was getting into this idea that people are like, you know what, I'm just going to stick around until they fire me. I'm just going to stick around till they fire me. Ashton on Twitter says, sounds like people are trying to get fired to collect unemployment to buy the time to find something else. That's very possible, and that's the part I object to. That's the part I should object to. You've got a career coaching firm CEO saying workers and employees shouldn't be shamed or accused of not doing good work because they want to have a life. Absolutely. Absolutely. You want to have a life, go have a life. If an employer thinks that the work isn't acceptable to what their need is based on what the value they're putting on the payment, well, then they can let you go. 
If you're already starting with the basis that your heart's not in it, you're not in 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 engaged. Well then, okay. I mean, what what am I supposed to say? What am I supposed to tell you? What am I supposed to do for you? So I started with a, a theory of what in the world is this quiet quitting thing? Then, you know, got into the idea of, well, if you don't want to be there, go find something else. But sometimes people are there because uh, they, they need to make a living because they have uh, other needs. And they just don't want to put any extra hours into it. They're very fine with eight hours and being done. Okay, fine. It's all fine. And you realize as you walk down the road of this conversation, you know what you get to? This is like millennial generation or Gen Z just wanting attention. Dear Lord, isn't that what it is once you break it down? Like I I started going over this 12 ways from Sunday. I think you should be like into the thing that you're doing. Learn what you can and if you feel the need to move on, move on to the other thing. That's my take. But you got to create a, you know, a a whole bit of this is what I'm doing and it's it's for my mental health. Could, Could you just stop? Could you just stop? Stop being so holy damn self-absorbed for five minutes. Meanwhile, Charles is uh, uh, is, is, is all over me because I'm not working enough. <laughs> Charles, I love you. And I'm so glad you listened to the show. I'm glad you all listen. Honestly, if I could do nine hours, I would. But even I have my breaking point. I'm Tony Katz. This primetime address that Biden is going to deliver, warning that Americans' rights are under attack. The guy who already referred to Republicans as semi-fascist. Semi-fascist. I mean, I love how, I think it was Tim Ryan, who's the congressman from... uh, He's from Ohio, and he's running for Senate against uh, J.D. Vance. He's like, oh, this is this, this is not a big deal. It's not like it's going to affect, uh, you know, anything having to do uh, with the election. This this isn't going to, you know, hurt uh, uh, Democrats uh, going forward. I'm surprised Tim Ryan wasn't just yelling it and screaming it, um, you know, as he often does because he's a guy who yells and screams a lot of things and tim ryan's like what it's no big deal look it's it's straight fashion if you're storming the capitol on january 6th if you're beating the united states capitol police over the head with a lead pipe in order to overturn an election if you are making bold steps to ban books and to do all of these things that are you know, even to the point where you want to control a woman's body to the point where if a 10 year old uh, girl is raped, you say that the government should mandate that uh, pregnancy. You have a Supreme Court justice saying they want to get rid of birth control, nullify marriages. I mean, what what else would you talk about? How else do you explain this other than a small group of people who have hijacked the Supreme Court? They've hijacked state legislatures and what they've done in the in the short term. And what they're going to do in the long term is continue to hurt working class people. No one's hijacked the Supreme Court. These people were confirmed. No one's hijacked the legislatures. They were elected. Your problem is people see the world differently than you do. By the way, people see the world differently than I do. I believe in fighting them in the realm of ideas. 
But you're down with the idea of calling them fascists. Do you think this is rational? This is what you do to people when you want to demonize, when you want to vilify, when you want to destroy. Why should Tim Ryan, why should he have to engage when he could just look down his nose on people and say, oh, you're just not worth it, fascist, and try and destroy them, leading other people to engage in violence? And that's exactly what I'm saying is coming. These elections are going to be insane. This is gearing up to the idea that if the Democrats lose, it's because the fascists did this and the fascists did that, and disagreement is fascism, and you shouldn't have to tolerate it. So Biden's going to give a speech at the Independence National Historic Park in Philadelphia. He's doing a lot of work in Pennsylvania because they're trying to get John Fetterman, the lieutenant governor, elected senator, uh, trying to defeat uh, Dr. Mehmet Oz. And Oz has not run a great campaign but dear Lord, Fetterman is a, is, is a mess. John Fetterman's the man who had a stroke, and he hasn't really been on the uh, campaign uh, uh, scene. He, he's always wearing a hoodie, and this was him, somebody asking him a question about Dr. Oz. Listen. Hey, John, are you afraid to debate Dr. Oz? Are you afraid to debate Dr. Oz? Thank you, John. Are, are you going to debate him? What you hear is... Fetterman not able to answer the question and looking over to a, an, an aide who's like, keep walking. Not to the reporter, to John Fetterman. Oz, are you afraid to debate Dr. Oz? Thank you, John. Are, are you going to debate him? He's, he's offered five debates. Are you going to debate him? He doesn't sound okay. He doesn't look okay. Couldn't answer the question. So that's why he's spending so much time. He's got three different visits in the next week uh, to, to Pennsylvania. The MAGA Republicans don't just threaten our personal rights and economic security. They're a very threat to our democracy. They refuse to accept the will of the people. They embrace, embrace political violence. They don't believe in democracy. You go back to Tim Ryan's comments talking about riots on January 6th. It wasn't a threat to democracy when you took Seattle and took over square blocks and said the police aren't welcome. People died. The riots in Minneapolis, the riots in my beloved Indianapolis, other places, that wasn't a threat to democracy? Weird flex. Oh, this speech is... It, I think they think that this is the right tact... This is the thing to go after Republicans on, and this is what will keep Democrats in power. Does this sound like the right tack to you? Oh, don't worry. I'll be watching that Thursday speech. Have no fear. This is Tony Katz today. A new study projects that global sea levels will rise by nearly a foot and that unfortunately there's nothing that can be done to stop it. I swear to you, CNN, you don't ever quit, do you? You don't ever quit. You know, we did a, we did a whole thing here the other day about I want CNN to get back to their roots and do news. Getting rid of Brian Stelter was a huge, huge step in the right direction. Tony Katz. Tony Katz today, guys, always great to be with you. Find everything at TonyKatz.Locals.com, TonyKatz.Locals.com. Brian Stelter wasn't somebody who was keeping an eye on media. He was a guy who was moving an agenda. He believed that he alone was engaged in the fight against the evils of 
Trump or the political right or anything he disagreed with, uh, whatever somebody told him was evil. And he believed uh, that he was ordained to be there. Well, he was when Jeff Zucker was running the show. And then Jeff Zucker was involved in some <laughs> impropriety. And he was gone, and now you've got the, the purchase from Discovery, and now Chris Licht, L-I-C-H-T, is in charge, and then uh, Brian Stelter was gone. Brian Stelter was never in the business of holding media to account, of exposing things. Brian Stelter was in the propaganda business. Brian Stelter was in the narrative business. End of list. I want, and, and so we did this, this, this story, it actually got picked up by, by one of the trades, they've been talking about it and sharing it, that I want them to get back to actual news. I think you can have opinion, guys, and I'm not saying that you, sh you can't have opinions that are different. MSNBC could go about having any opinions they want. Holy cow, are they, are, are they out of their skulls? I mean, the bigotry uh, of Joy Reid and Tiffany Cross and Ellie Mastal, good Gosh, but if 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 Chris Hayes or or Alex Wagner they want to have a, a different point of view, they're, they're more than welcome to do so. I don't I don't say no because I wouldn't let them say to me no. But if you have an opportunity to really engage news, uh, do that. News should do news, and and opinion should do opinion. And what is the big news story that CNN, with everything going on, has got for us today? Sea levels will rise by nearly a foot, and that unfortunately there's nothing that can be done to stop it. Ladies and gentlemen, I hate to break it to you, but we are all going to die. Oh my God! Okay, it's happening. Everybody, stay calm. What's the procedure, stay calm. everyone? What's the procedure? Stay What's going on? Holy crap, I am freaking out. Dude, it's creepy even when I do it. I'm the guy playing it all. It is super creepy when I do it. Sea levels? This is the 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 the, the topic? Widespread ice losses, particularly from Greenland, will push sea levels up at least 10 inches this century. That is, even if the world stopped releasing planet heating emissions today. Our chief climate correspondent, Bill Weir, joins us now. I mean, my concern, obviously, is, oh, my gosh, I can't believe this is a reality. But also, on the other side, the people are going to hear this and think, well, all is lost, and so I don't have to change my behavior mm -hmm. now. Yeah, that's the, that's the fine line to walk between hope and nihilism, right? And, and you don't want to be too naive about it. But this is the reality that these scientists have found. They're on the ground. I spent a week with one of the co-authors, and they're a couple of the most respected ice scientists in the world. And instead of the mo computer models you've seen in the headlines, where the IPC says, oh, by this year, it'll raise this many inches, these guys are just using satellite data to measure what is already uh, receded and basically they found there's there's trillions of tons of zombie ice that's that it's going to turn into seawater regardless of what happens right now what if first of all I had never heard the term zombie ice before 
So I assume that's just, you know, floating sheets of ice that are existing in colder climates. When you tell me it's going to happen regardless of anything that's happening right now, you mean that ice melts and uh, the waters then cool and more ice is created? I'm reminded constantly that there are um, uh, civilizations that have been discovered in, uh, in, in the Caucasus, in, in, in the Caucasus Mountains. I don't know if you've ever looked at where the Caucasus Mountains are. The Caucasus Mountains are in between Europe and, and, and Asia. And civilizations were found there. Civilizations that were found after, wait for it, the ice melted. The question before us is what exactly did those civilizations do to cause global warming or an ice age? Civilization was there. Then the entire area got covered by ice. And then the ice was gone and we found the civilizations. It would seem to me that this is an example of how weather patterns and time change migratory patterns and civilizations. It would seem to me that since uh, there was no, right, we can argue that the ice had been there before and then the ice melted because the ice came back. So either mankind did something to create the ice or mankind did something to melt the ice and then the ice came back. So who was running their SUV idling it in the parking lot that caused the unmitigated disaster with climate? Or there are patterns and ebbs and flows. I want to know which one I'm supposed to take from this commentary from Bill Weir. You know, the seas have risen and fallen, you know, over the fast four and a half billion years, but this time it's happening so fast, and instead of a wobble in the Earth's orbit or a super volcano that dims the Earth that causes this, it's us. And the forces are immense. Here's uh, Leo. Are you sure it's us? Now, I don't think we should be uh, fools. I think that there are, are clearly things that we can discuss about the environment that uh, we could change this or do that. I, I consider that more in the conservation mode. If, if you ask, uh, conservation, being a conservationist, makes perfect sense to me. Um, being an environmentalist is to be a radical activist and not even believe in air conditioning. Environmentalists will return us all to candlelight. Conservationists might be having rational conversations about how to conserve things. 
I'm in favor of such a thing. I don't believe in burning tires in the middle of the road. If there are ways, technologies that we could develop that bring us less emissions, you won't get an argument from me. I think that I think it'd be a, a very weird thing to say, hell yes, I want to spout crap into the atmosphere. Dirty air for everybody. The children. You want me to worry about the children? F these people. I don't give a nothing damn about the kids. Hope you die, you bastards. No. That's crazy talk. Crazy. I, I, and, and the left does it all the time. Uh, they don't believe in clean air and clean water. What do you mean? What do you mean that people who might disagree with you about living by candlelight don't believe in clean air and clean water? That's insane. You're crazy. You're crazy. And then, and, and then, they, well, let me see if I can get into, if, 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 I, if I've got it right here. Hold on, maybe, maybe this is it. Much rice is, is produced. If that goes, you know, even with a few inches, it'll be very different than what happens in Boston, Charleston, New Orleans. So folks may at home say, wait a second, over the next, well, this century would be, what, 78 uh, more years, 10 inches. Uh, break that up over those years is that that doesn't sound as much as I might have thought to put that into global terms again, in terms of what well, effect yeah, that will have again that's the that's the global average as the whole yeah. world so in some places it could be five feet you know wow. Um, wow. and basically the the bottom line is it's happening much faster than the models ever predicted but there's still time to prevent the worst that uh, Liam t texted me this morning it's 11 inches is built in but if the Paris agreements are met in time it would avoid two and a half feet uh, of sea level rise prove it prove it how does it guarantee avoiding two and a half feet of sea level rise you just told me that 11 inches is built in. You just explained to the CNN anchors that it might not happen everywhere. Different places could get different rises, um, uh, an average of 11 inches, and some places could be five feet. You mean if I definitely do these things that you decided have to be done, it'll only be two and a half feet. If it's two and a half feet, what the hell happens to those civilizations? This is incredible, this, this argument they're making. And then more on the fear-mongering. So there's still a lot of pain to be wow. avoided depending mm. on human decisions. But cities should be planning for this. And it's not just cities on the coast. You've got to think mm. about they're going to have to rebuild shipping ports. That affects supply chains. That's yep. food prices. That's um, climate migrants moving into your neighborhood. Nobody <laughs> will be unscathed. Uh, if, if all of these observations play out the way they think they will. And the bottom line is, we're not cooling things off. It's yeah. business as usual, and it's only going to get hotter. Well, and then to Poppy's point there, right, I mean, it, it would be more than three times worse, right, if we, if we did nothing. Yeah. So. You don't know that. You don't know that. And wait till a study comes out next week that blows away this one, says, no, nah, it's going to be this, it's going to be that. My point is, the world has been going through this for billions of years. Your argument is, we are the thing that is making it impossible to survive. That's a radical, 
radical position. And CNN thinks this is a top-line story. Let me give you a top-line story. An 18-month-old and a 4-month-old were found on the border, abandoned and left to die. The 4-month-old was unresponsive when Border Patrol found the children. Uh, the child was, was uh, revived, if you will, and both are now safe. The border has got a record number of people entering the United States. People that we're not categorizing, people that we don't know if they're healthy or if they're sick. That is happening in the real world. I don't argue against conservation. I argue this fear-mongering versus things that are a threat at the very second. Well, Tony, we have to plan ahead. Plan ahead for what? There was a civilization that was covered by ice. The ice receded. We found the civilization. How did it get there? Is it possible that these things happen and no matter how much you think your ideology can change nature, maybe you're bat crap crazy. Maybe these people are just ridiculous thinking that what they do is going to make a difference. And what they want to do is subjugate the United States to other nations, which is a non-starter, may I add. I don't do the bidding of France. I don't care how France wants to handle things. Nor do I do the bidding of Germany or Great Britain, none of the European nations. India? India is a massive uh, polluter, and that won't change. China? China is the key polluter of, of the globe, and that's not going to change. They don't give a damn about your climate accords. So how do the Paris Climate Accords deal with India and China that will not follow anything that they should put forward? What's the plan? But we can do something about the southern border. We could do something about the spending that is making people's lives difficult and the pain is being felt everywhere regarding inflation. We can do something to deal with the rising threat of China. Trump is the greatest threat to democracy? Do you know how ignorant you have to be to say that? China's the greatest threat to democracy. Communism is the greatest threat to democracy the world has ever known. And what do we do? We elect them and put them in the damn Senate. The argument is not science and data and, and seeing things happen. The argument is, are we doing ourselves any favors by creating restrictions upon us that make us subject to other dangers? Do we really believe that we are stronger than Mother Nature? Uh, I, for one, do not. And are we to believe that CNN is really, really focused on news when they bring us a story like this? I don't think there's anything wrong with talking about the environment. I don't think there's anything wrong with talking about what scientists found out. I think there's something very wrong saying only the Paris Climate Accords will save us. That's ideology and narrative. You might as well have brought back Brian Stelter. I'm Tony Katz. So Thursday, uh, we are celebrating the 200th episode of Eat, Drink, Smoke, My Cigar and Bourbon Show.
which is heard all over the country. This will be actually the 201st episode. Don't ask us why we do the things the way we do. We, we, we don't know. So we're gathering uh, at Blend Bar Cigar in Indianapolis, uh, in Indiana. 5 p.m., and I am cracking open a bottle of Old Forester Birthday Bourbon 2021, which, like, if, if I were to sell it, uh, you know, on, on the secondary market, 1500 bucks. I'd get some sweet cash for it. But no, opening it. So we're inviting uh, people. Just come on over and smoke a cigar with us. And then you can put your name in the hat. You got to be over 21 uh, and no purchase necessary. And then we're going to pick five names out of the hat and you get to, to drink it with us. Pulling five people out of a hat, we're going to do that. Starts at 5 p.m. We're just going to have some fun. We're going to hang out. We're going to do the show live. Might have some giveaways. Swag will be for sale. We might give away some swag. You never know. It's going to be good. That's Thursday at 5 at Blend Bar Cigar for the 200th taping or the 200th episode of Eat, Drink, Smoke, eatdrinksmokeshow.com. Keep it here. I'm Tony Katz.